like I'm doing the cold open on Saturday Night Live. Hello and welcome to Mystical Cynical. <laughs> Hi, yeah. hello. My name is Darren. <laughs> I'm Jamie. Um, Jamie's got a banana. Uh-huh. Remember when Jamie used to eat drink copious amounts of uh, kombucha and we'd hear gurglings from his oh inner, my god, the inner so dimension. Over. Yeah. That's so. Do you over. drink kombucha anymore? Mm-mm. Not at all. Mm-mm. What? What's that? Never. You, ne- so you never weird. drank it. Am I confused? No. Oh. No. <laughs> I drank it for nine years straight every yeah. day. Did you watch an episode of Mythbusters that showed that it doesn't actually have any health properties whatsoever? No, but my the best estimation of what my levels look like mm-hmm. just a few months ago, my, my metabolism just jumped up. Uh-huh. And now I'm just like, I can eat. I mean, I'm, I'm eating less, which is weird. Mm-hmm. And my metabolism's going up. Okay. And I, I don't need help with digestion. Oh, okay. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So nobody advised help. you to stop drinking kombucha. It was just, it was just like, what am I trying to do if I keep yeah. drinking kombucha? Right, right, right. Yeah, just I mean, being it in is a interesting state of diarrhea. <laughs> it is interesting to think about the things that we do put in our bodies consistently. And I've been, uh, I've been using CBD really consistently recently. And I, and I'm, I'm, I used to kind of think there was a bit of bullshit around that, yeah. kind of because you know, whenever there's not like true science, it's a little anecdotal. Well, and also the same. feeling, like I don't feel like I kind of want right. to feel the thing. Yeah, of somehow. course, of course, yeah, 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 for sure. But I feel like I'm feeling. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, you know, you can take in. I, I like to take in placebo as much as in consideration as much as possible, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm aware that because I would get somebody would give me a bottle and I'd take it and like pass by. Oh, I'll grab it, you know, very inconsistently. Yeah, and so now I'm doing it consistently enough where I'm like. Well, I'm desiring a result from this. If I'm taking this this consistently, oh, sure. what's the result I want? Right. I want this kind of like calmness, this this ability to not be so affected and kind of what I think CBD purports to to be able to accomplish. Yeah. I'm feeling like it's doing it. Yeah. So, you know, who gives a fuck if it is the actual CBD or if I just went in with a level of intention? You exactly. Know? Yeah, isn't that beautiful? It, yeah, as long as it doesn't toxify the body, whatever you put yeah. into your body, if it brings about a change, yeah, right. whatever you put in your body. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> there he goes with the exclusive uh, definitives. Yeah, right. Well, says the guy that had a kombucha addiction. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy who d- whose favorite prayers, I don't know. It yeah, just doesn't right. fit. Yeah, yeah, fucking Johnny Skid Row over here. <laughs> Johnny Skid Row! J- J-Hook over here. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I was listening to last week's episode and was dying at that J-Hook line. Oh, just dude. Like- <laughs> I gave Lacey a J-Hook last night. Did you? <laughs> You know what's funny is the time in our in our life that that was like a prevalent thing that we were all doing to each other. We could not have been any further away from female breasts to actually try that out. So yeah, you know what she actually said? She said, "Ow." <laughs> that's yeah. That's right. That's correct. That's correct. Well, and and I guess um, the boobs around your period hurt. They I've heard just like I've heard tell. Yeah, pregnancy. Or yeah, anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I did leave you all with a cliffhanger last week, <laughs> and uh, that was well. Uh, before we get into that, <laughs> let's cliffhang this cliffhanger. Uh, people have basically figured out what I was insinuating about what we haven't done on the show. Oh, they have figured it out. Yeah, we got oh. a couple of voicemails of oh, people okay. getting the right answer. Jamie, yeah. Jamie doesn't check them. No, I do. I just, I haven't in the last uh, He doesn't days. actually listen to them. He listens to them, but he doesn't hear them. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> I even try and text people back and it never goes through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but somebody did guess a couple of people, the thing that we haven't done on the podcast correct. ever that hasn't occurred. Yes. A couple of people. Yeah. Yeah. So come over here and blow me and we'll get that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't happened either. Oh, that's a really beautiful uh, picture I, of Paul McCartney over there. 
Isn't it nice? Yeah, the frame and the and the picture. My daughter's really connected with Paul more than any other, and that was in her room. We got her that print, and I hadn't I hadn't seen it before. What is it if you What is it if you don't connect with any of the Beatles? What does that mean about <laughs> yourself? <'Cause, laughs> it feels like this weird thing where you're like, yeah, I'm kind of a Paul man. I'm a you know like then give me the fuck these then, four guys. Are then like, you like the Rolling Stones? Oh, I guess so. I'm more of a Mick. I'm a Mick man. <laughs> I'm a Mick man. That might be the title episode right there. I'm a Mick man. Um, so I left you guys with a cliffhanger of three career choices I was considering. One being a death doula, one being a ice cream uh, truck runner, driver, same, same thing, owner, yeah. and uh, one being OnlyFans, running an OnlyFans account. Mm-hmm. Um, I did briefly run an OnlyFans account. Mm. Um, so for those who guessed, you get 10, 10 points. Um, well, you know, like a lot of things in life, you often maybe do them. I don't want to say you. I often do them without really considering too far ahead. I'm, I'm, I act in the moment. I act, some might say impulsively, compulsively. Um, what and, do you call it? Um, <laughs> erratically. <laughs> no, I don't know. I do feel like I, I get, a, I kind of, I do get wild hairs up my ass yeah. and I do things yeah. and I do them. And I don't sit and weigh, you know, really, really weigh out. The, I like to think I do maybe in some situations. I don't want to sound like me sound like a fucking a maniac here, but. Could one get a wild hair up their ass to get a Brazilian? <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to run with that that one. I mean, it's a very visual uh, yeah. visual uh, uh, analogy. There. You talking about your butt is an invitation. Fair enough. Okay. Fair play. Cool. Um, so what I did here was um, I went with it. And I did it in a way that felt uh, really beneficial to myself uh, um, in a way that made me feel really good about my body. And as you all know, the listeners to the show, I've struggled with and I've made various attempts to get better with, to make peace with, to, to alter, to just kind of run the whole gamut of, of what can I do to, to feel good about myself. It's really in service to all of that. And so that's what I did. And it was, you know, it was kind of like a, uh, it started off as a joke, which I think that's probably where most things start for me. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, wouldn't this be funny mm-hmm. if, and then, you know, if there's some truth in the joke or there's some, you know, kind of room to, to run with it. And I also thought, and not that, not that I, I tr- blazed any trails on the OnlyFans situation, because I know there are other men who are probably making much better livings than I ultimately ended up making Mm. with their bodies. But I was like, I want to try this. I want to have a go at this. I want to see what it feels like to to take sexy photos of myself and to bring some level of confidence. Like, I mean, just that alone, even if I took the photos and didn't share them, that act alone was like huge for me. It was monumental. Take the photos, look at them and be like, Good for you, dude. Right, like, dude. yes. Sure. And uh, an unintended side effect of it was, I know we had talked about a while back about um, porn and the consumption of porn and the, yeah. the idea that when you get to a certain point, you start to kind of get a little bit, maybe you extend beyond where you thought you're comfortable with. You start to kind of go into areas of like, you know, maybe a little bit more exploring kinks and things you wouldn't have thought. You Your know? tolerance changes. Your tolerance, exactly. Yeah. For me, within this, it opened up a level of of excitement that I didn't know was possible. That, mm-hmm. but what it did for me that I noticed was all but eliminated my desire to seek out pornography, which I feel like I have in wow. the past. I've had I've had 
levels of un, very unhealthy relationships with it to levels of like complete, just, I don't even think about it. You know, yeah. that's obviously due to like, whether I'm, I'm in a particular state of, of agitation and I want to expel that agitation. And I do that through sexual, you know, sexual means just the ways we kind of deal, we deal with things, yeah. you know? And so I noticed within this, I was like getting so aroused by my expression of my own sexuality yes that it was enough to get me off that's incredible <laughs> research honestly because it how it ties in you've tied it in with a clear mind mm -hmm. all this work all these ayahuasca things all the meditation in the last year all of that has allowed you to feel the correlation between your drive to look at porn or masturbate mm -hmm. and this self-expression thing and how yes. they tie in. That's yep. an incredible realization thank that you. it'll be fun to talk more about. Yeah. Thank you. And so that was like a, that was a very big moment of just like, whoa. And I think, you know, in, in correlation to what I was just saying about where we start to kind of seek out uh, things beyond what we thought we were interested in was, um, wow. Okay, cool. I don't actually need to, you know, and, and pornography came at a point in my life a uh, very young developmental age, probably around like 14, 15, like really yeah. at the like height of masturbation. Yeah. Hey, how about all of the naked people in the world to you? Yeah. So not a, you know, not a very good uh, time for, for all that to kind of come into my, <clears throat> come into my developing <laughs> mind. Um, so, you know, I, I, like I said, I've, I've kind of, I've gone through periods in my life where that's been, uh, where it's come up of just like, you know, this is not serving me. And as things do in very, you know, drinking or drugs or, or pornography, all these things that we kind of supplement what I think at the core of it is, is self-love. Yeah. And I found that in that, in that moment in, mm. in these, um, these, I'd like to think that they were tasteful, the photos I was taking. Of course, there's an erotic nature to them. It's it's meant to be sexual. It's meant to be, you know, because when I've told people about this in my life, I think everyone's very curious. They don't, my friends, especially my male friends, they don't want to see the photos, but they want to know what the photos are. Like, what were you doing? <laughs> what were you doing with this? Yeah. And so uh, what I was intending to to uh, to illustrate was like, I was the object of sexual desire and the camera lens was so insert yourself in there. You know, wow. like you're looking at me like, Oh wow, this guy's like sexual, you know, yeah. whatever. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm not gonna, I don't need to like really like get in, in this position. I had my hand here or whatever. It's no, just like, well, it's all welcomed. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the guy. Yeah, oh, guy. I forgot that we're doing this in front of uh, hundreds of people. <laughs> hundreds. I love that. Um, so that happened. Now, where where I failed to take into consideration was uh, um, what it means to put sexual photos of yourself on the internet. Uh -huh. And obviously, you know, I gave some consideration and, and people in my life expressed concern and say, hey, do you know, how, does this feel okay? Does this feel safe? And yeah. in my mind, I think I kind of overcorrected and was like, throwing complete caution to the wind and, and saying, uh, of course, you know, just being like, Oh, why would you even think anything other than this is a guy expressing himself? And, yeah. and that's why it's amazing to have friends and close people in your life who can see things a little bit more objectively and, and provide insight that you might not be able to reach in yourself. And so that's ultimately what happened that there was some, uh, there was enough concern that this may be, uh, a le this could potentially compromise the safety of my child. Now mm. I didn't consider that at all. And, and as when it was brought to my attention, I took immediate action and mm -hmm. ended the account and said, that's the end of that career. Yeah. Uh, shaved my mustache because um, mm -hmm. end of my pornography career. I don't need a mustache <laughs> anymore. I mean, it's, it's like <laughs> obvious. 
Dude, and these photos the whole time, I'm going like, is he going for like, a, did he go for like a Burt Reynolds on the couch, like covered by the tiger cub covering the penis? I mean, the thing about the mustache thing is it's unfortunate that a few people have kind of claimed the mustache. And so, yeah, yeah you got the Burt Reynolds right. or you got the cheat or like, you know, I, I, I definitely was, pr- I'll probably grow the mustache back at some point, but now that it's gone, it feels really nice to kind of have, you know, kind of a fresh face, but. Yeah. I, I I was definitely in this position of like really wanting to reclamate the the kind of the power around that and not make it such a goofy like oh it's your seventies porn star I'm like dudes people had mustaches before fucking porn <laughs> was made and really cool dudes had mustaches before porn was you made. know the shot though the playgirl shot yes uh, yes yes, of Bert. yes, yes. Yeah, for okay. sure look for it sure up. um so all that's to say um you know you live and learn in life mm-hmm. and I lived. And I learned a little mm-hmm. and I'll continue to live and I'll continue to learn. But, uh, what I do, what I do take from it all is the, is the, the confident, the boost of confidence that it gave me. And like you said, the, the insight that I don't think I would have arrived at otherwise. And mm-hmm. I probably will in some regard, continue to take sexy photos of myself, even if nobody ever sees them. It's an act of <laughs> <laughs> The other day you were trying to show Lacey like photos in your phone or something or something. Yeah. And, and you were like, oh no, these are naked. Photos. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you know, that's the same. Your phone is your sanctuary. It's yeah. like, I keep things right. on there that I don't not. I, I think also the thing was, was the question was um, posed. Do you feel any kind of concern about these pictures being on the internet? Yeah. And I said to myself, I said, self, or do you like the way you look? Uh, yeah, I do. Well then why would I give a shit if anybody sees the photos of me online. Mm -hmm. That's really what I kind of came down to it. I feel like if I had, if I was embarrassed with the way I looked, then I'd be like, Oh fuck, these pictures are on the internet. People are going to see them. So ultimately again, it it all comes back to, to boosting my confidence and giving me a level of self love and, and finding out um, more about myself. Well, first of all, you came in today and this wasn't necessarily going to be discussed. Not necessarily. Right. <laughs> Go back and listen to that episode. That one kind of got, uh, I don't know if it was the title or what, but that one uh, in the stats, that one oh, kind of well? jumped. Well, it, it got it slept yeah. on. I don't know it if it's on. because people don't want to eat their vegetables or something. You know, it's <laughs> subliminal. But you didn't have any plan on doing this. And what I love about watching you get ready to do anything is honestly, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, Neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just went into it. This thing that we were like, we're not, you, you, you didn't have any plan on talking about. Yeah. And you talked about it in, in such a revealing way, which is what goes down here. And people, <laughs> Darren's laying on the couch and he just opened his legs and he's wearing like, you're very short shorts. Sweat- I just came from the gym. I didn't change, but I got on the <laughs> Um, And, and you bared it all, including your mistake. Yeah. And, or oversight, let's just yeah. call it. Yeah. You know, because I don't know how else we learn. Well, know? exactly. And I think I saw something recently and it's, you know, always in this kind of ways that I like to, to learn things or in, you know, just a short line, something I would have made. And it said, make mistakes. It's important. Yeah. Or something, you know, make mistakes and you'll learn from them or whatever. So yeah, rather than be ashamed of it, I, I prefer to talk about it very, very openly. And I think that there's, uh, there's value in that, not only for me, but for all you young kids who are considering showing naked totally. photos of yourself on the internet. You totally. know, there's there's there is a there is a uh, a level of of consideration beyond yourself, and we live in a time where these are options are available to make these levels of mistakes. That yeah. I think you know are uh, if you can't if you can't 
talk about it publicly, then maybe you didn't actually learn from the mistake. And there's a recontextualization of what sexuality is and what is harmful and what should be rebranded as empowerment. Right, right. It's all up for grabs at the moment, and it seems safer in some ways to do what you are doing and there's avenues provided to be able to do it. You know, it means it exists in the world and this is a thing. And so you took part in a thing. That's a part of the culture. It's a, it's a percentage of the culture. Yep. And 69%, I believe. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And, uh, you know, I can't say that same thoughts haven't crossed our minds sure i mean honestly like we have jokes about like if this all goes to shit we'll just release porn i mean every every that 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 is like a punchline but it is also this idea that we all know what we all want we're all seeking that thing you know and so it is always that kind of like fallout of like well if if anything i'll sell my body knowing that that thing always has value and so it does come back to like you know it shouldn't obviously come to that where you you're out of options and you need to exploit yourself no so yeah but we think we do it well for sure, yeah, yeah, and, and we're like, uh, no, now this is years ago. <laughs> well, actually, this, is years from, this is years from now. Fiftieth <laughs> birthday yeah. for Jamie. <laughs> this wasn't, uh, yeah, no, this is. <laughs> this but is I don't, you know, I think what to your point is that there shouldn't be any shame around even having those thoughts or no. exploring them jokingly or even just like, you know, the thing that I I kind of came at was like this is my body, and the only reason that it's taboo is because some Puritan decided that all parts i can show all parts of it except for this middle bit right here cover yeah, this middle bit up right. and you're you're within legality you're okay. safe and so there was kind of like in a fierce way of just like it it's a fucking penis yeah it's a penis and it's uh, laughable really i yeah. mean it's you know it's so a, it's laughable a funny it's a funny body part <laughs> and so you know i mean it's yeah. just it's it it, uh, it you know as i i think i like to do with most things is like let's get as subversive as possible here let's let's rip this thing apart let's see all angles let's explore it yeah let's not leave until we've everyone's had their say and i'm i'm more than happy to entertain people who thought what i did was was irresponsible like and i think that kind of you know in a way there was that was what the initial concern was and i know my reaction wait you already handled it no, you don't need to invite. Well, no, else. you're right. I know. I know. No, no. But, I mean, you're handling your life, and and anyone else. When has anyone else's thing really ultimately mattered in this case of like? Yeah, I mean, I guess. So I guess I have this desire to always be the one who's just like not so firm in what I believe, but enough to like. Just, I just, I just get so afraid that people are going to think that I'm an asshole or I'm bad or I'm whatever. So, well, they have this whole. Shit. They have. They have a whole body of work of long form conversations for them to be able to reach that conclusion. I doubt if you have done all of that and you're still here that you would. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Not even close. Um, what do I want to say about this? I thought that like, we got to teach the guys how to, how to, how to, how to eat out. We have to, <laughs> we have to teach the guys how to eat pussy. Uh huh. Right. You and I, or we, you and men. I, it is, I think, it's it's incumbent upon us <laughs> to teach the men how to satisfy the woman. Yeah. All right. And because there's a lot of stories out there of women who have not even had an oh, orgasm. Not even had an orgasm. I, I can see people dating early on. I see like I have a young client who's like uh, dating and it's like 
you go, I just know that that aspect of things is not going to be a thought. It, it's already yeah. just the thought of being intimate is like, oh, well, she's obviously getting something. The yeah, same I can look this. at a couple and be like, he ain't eating that pussy. That's for sure. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> and so, so it's a problem. I yeah. think it's, I think it's a problem. Well, and, all right. and you so where, does this, can, where does it stem from? I mean, I think it is that, that like for our generation, uh, maybe this idea of, of pornography being this massive distortion of what it is to be sexual with a woman. Yeah. Um, I think that it takes a level of confidence to say, Hey, I'm going to go down on you and yeah. I'm going to pleasure you. Um, I think that that hasn't been instilled as in a society of close. that. So yeah, I mean, it's all like, it's, you can trace it back to kind of the genesis of just that. It's, it's everything else in the culture where you look around. It's all the patriarchy and not to be like, a no, 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 I think it's person, fair. And I think it's fair, but to, that's yeah. just what it is. It's yes. just everywhere. And so, and definitely in the bedroom. And I think there's this misconception because men have been raised on porn mm-hmm. that women are getting the same thing out of it yeah. or that every woman is getting the same thing out of it. And the smallest percentage of women vaginally orgasm. Yep. You know, and so the rest are just left in the lurch. <laughs> no, I think reverse it. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's ninety six percent women don't don't achieve orgasm. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and so raised by porn, and you hear these girls going, uh, uh, yeah. like and all that, and and men think that that's what happens, mm-hmm. and we're also sort of like that thing that we've covered on here of just programmed to assess a woman's sexuality right at the start. Your eyes go down to a body part or something like that, as we've covered in here. And I don't notice that anymore. Um, But it was so the programming for so long to just assess sexually. Yep. And that also is putting things at a disadvantage because you're missing the real moment. This isn't like a unprovoked um, burst of sensual creativity that's happening in a moment. It's a programming. Yeah. It's a, now all I see is women as sexual objects. Yes. And so that's a huge part of my distraction while I'm doing these other things in life. And we call that our sexuality. Men right. call that our fucking sexuality. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, that's a really, really, really good point. And I think that it's, it, it's, uh, the, it's the it's ba- it's like base primal sexuality yes. in in regards to I want to impregnate that person in order right. to carry out to to perpetuate my own genes. Yes, but I think yeah, that's run sexu- wild. Exactly right. It right, was yeah. it used to be if we saw a woman in whatever like when I don't know if it's a cave whatever yeah the caves yeah cave mall it was like a mall of caves yeah I mean we talk about primal so let's take it back as far as it goes to yeah. the most to the loincloth non wearers yeah, yeah. <laughs> the non loincloth wearers um and and then it would it would either be there or it wouldn't mm-hmm. here we're already in that when we step into a zone with a woman yeah so we're just hyper. Uh, identifying all wherever there's sexual traits. And that's why uh, so many men will probably relate to this, but like, you know, you put in different situations where it's just going to be you and a woman, maybe for the first time, like mm-hmm. in some professional situation or yep. therapy or whatever it is, I think. <laughs> right. And then that's what happens. Yeah. Everybody, all the men, all the men, not all the men, <laughs> but probably a large number of men go like, oh, this is like the scene in the fucking Yeah, porn. for sure. For sure. You know right, what I mean? Right, I wonder yeah, what's going to break you have out like here. a pop culture uh, 
But you remember that Neil Brennan joke about being going over to Ellen DeGeneres' house? Oh, tell me again. <laughs> well, it's basically that. He was like, it. he's like, you know, I'm such a man that I think <laughs> even in this situation, I go over to Ellen's house and I'm like, oh, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I so, I mean, Ellen's gonna- <laughs> so, I mean, I think that we are all, we are all at the, in most cases, battling this primal urge that yeah. we have. And I think that that is the, the elevation, the, the transcendent to overcome whatever we came from which yeah. is being a goddamn monkey who just fucks a lot overcome like, what we came from when our parents came yep that's that's it that's it yeah it's that a, lim- was, a uh, limerick right God, there that was, that was beautiful a limp it's more of like a limerick. limerick. <laughs> <laughs> yes so i mean to your to your point in all of that um i well and also think i think that there's there is that kind of insecurity inherently in that to think about wanting to give a woman pleasure or there's it's hard for me to imagine because i do i do love the act of giving a woman pleasure and then then i also think about like the there is there some level of like codependency in there i start to kind of trip out of like what is my ultimate desire in that is there is it motivated which i think everything is is it motivated by traumas and, and past histories of just like is a is someone who who wants to please. I just want to, I just want to be seen as the good boy. I want to be like, okay, then I'll do this to you. But it's interesting because there, because I think there's, there is that. And there's also a genuine, because it's fucking awesome to make somebody come. I think that's, that's the thing. I think that maybe early on I, in, in porn, when I was watching it, when I was young, like some imprints there were like, like I want to, I want to make her feel like she's this feels this looks different than when he's having sex with her the moans mm-hmm. this looks like more like something that's really being received yeah and so maybe then i was like well that's the way to please a woman i certainly didn't go about that for most of like my early life i was yeah. selfish and uh drug addict and i i cared about people but i didn't know how to mm-hmm. and so after getting sober and sort of looking at that relationship and everything of course it changes and uh but I, I think that the natural part is like, okay, I've always thought from watching porn that, like I said, women feel the same thing that we do, which is not even close in most cases. So if that's the if that's what I want to to actually get to, then please the woman first. Mm-hmm. So they're in that state, and then that's as close as as two people feeling pleasure at the same time as you're going to get. Right, maybe. right, right, right. You know, right, because yeah. if the next move is sex, yeah. you know, if you do that, prioritize that before. Yeah, let's get that out of the way. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and, and like you said, you and I, it's not an out of the way because we both enjoy it. Yeah, for and sure. I, whether that's programming or not, of course it is. It's all programming, but, yeah. but it feels like... It's a good part of the program. Yeah, yeah totally. Right, right, you right. Know? I think, you know, I think uh, what I, you know, this, not to, to, to kind of... Um, encapsulate this into one thing but i think as i get older and you realize that there's like a a benefit in talking to people about things it's a very new thing for me to to say like you know that the sex conversation is something that has always been difficult for me to have of like speaking about something that is very physical is speaking about it in very kind of you know blunt terms of just like so what are you what are you into where do you like to be touched and exploring all that it's definitely challenged my my security and my like no no can we just like get into it and not 
mention anything about it. And I see the failing in that because because as, as much uh, generally the, the the woman has a, a much more complex set of desires than the oh, man yeah. does, where it's just like, yep. I've been asked, where do I like to be touched? I'm like, right here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pointing to my penis. And uh, that's also because I've yeah. never explored. Do I like, you know, a sensual touch on my neck or like yeah. that? I've never been, it's just like, it, so yeah, it pushes into my, to my discomfort for sure. So yeah. I think that that's some word to the wise is like, be more confident in your, in your pre-sex kind yeah. of, uh, you know, rigmarole. Yeah. And I think th- that the guys that, the guys that you would consider in the world, if you're listening to this and you know some people and you really feel confidently about them not being over-sexualized, most likely even those men are just, they found a way of working with what's been pervasive in the culture for generations. They found a way to work with that and soften, mm-hmm. you know, and just know that where that softening is being demonstrated in the world, that someone's working at that you know, most likely somebody like a man is working on reversing that. And so it may not be a perfect situation, but anyone that's just not hyper acting on this hypersexualized thing, which you can see anywhere you go, you see men acting that way still. Yep. Seen in the church. Yeah. Just anywhere, you know, it totally, totally. So being a human is basically just constantly fighting upstream. There's this (laughs) down torrent of water that that is old programming is being a lizard is being a monkey is like us just like, no, I'm going to resist that and push through it. It's a fucking struggle. Yeah, it really is. And you know, and then, and then the levee breaks and, and something gives. Yeah. And it always does. Yep. I mean, we wouldn't be going this long if, if it was just hard in those moments. And if that kind of toughness just illustrated the full picture, um, I like, you know, these days, like when people are telling me how difficult things have been or whatever, there's an omission in their description of what was working for them in those moments. And mm-hmm. I try and point out to them in all of the difficult moments that they're describing, even if it's the last week or the last 10 years, like what else was going on in those times is there was something really beautiful. Like I described last week, of, I think it was last week about visiting my dad in the hospital mm-hmm. and the, the magic and the heartbreak in the same place. Yeah. And that's mo that's all the time. Yeah. All yeah. the time. All of that is occurring magic and beauty and disgust and distaste and hatred and They should make like a symbol, like the circle symbol with like a wavy line going down the middle and they have like the light side on one side and the dark side on the other. And maybe you could call it like a yin yang or something like that. Cool (laughs) to see that artistically represented. I thought I'm watching an RFW design (laughs) be birthed into place. No, I wish I would have fucking came up with the yin yang. Yin yang? Yin yang, yin yang, whatever. Yeah, most people say yang, but they they may be getting it wrong. Right. They're they're, they're yang. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, um, no, I think that's beautiful to in in conversation to to do what you I think what you're saying is is to 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 explain the whole spectrum because we say hey how you doing oh good yeah you go boo, 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 off the all the good shit yeah and you go like to speak about the bad quote unquote bad shit in a good way of just like oh man I had this really challenging situation much like I think I experienced this weekend with the OnlyFans thing like I could easily come across that as just like. I could speak it on that in a very negative way yeah. and find a way to be the victim in it and find a way to like feel like something was taken away from me where I feel like something was given to me, a yeah. new level of insight about myself and my relationship with, with everyone in my life. I mean, basically, so it was just like an amazingly amazing way to reframe a situation to just say like, fuck, 
when this show on this show, you on this show, here's a bit of the beauty and the heartbreak at once. Okay. You are already in, um, you're in devastation on some level when you begin to speak and then you're sharing. So mm-hmm. at the same time you're sharing and you're opening up in this deeply vulnerable way with a bunch of fucking people you can't see right now on my couch, you're doing that while you're in the heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And that is where beauty and heartbreak are existing at the same time. Yeah. You're in the act of sharing. That's what you're doing with it. Oh, good. You know? Well, I'm glad someone's getting something out of this show. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, it is amazing. And I feel, I mean, I'm like quite literally laid out on your couch as if this is a therapy session and yeah. it does feel amazing. And then, you know, to kind of realize like, this is personal to me, obviously. And obviously this, this very specific example probably doesn't align for a lot of people, but I do always desire there much like we've talked about me making my art where I have these very kind of lofty, ambitious, aspirational quotes. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm trying to achieve that and in hope. And also if there's some side effect where you see that quote and you feel affected by it in the same way that, you know, hope you can relate to my story of a very, the briefest of pornography careers ever. You know, like <laughs> find your own way to relate to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess I did talk about at some point on the show or did I just share with you that I shot a porn? There is no a- sharing with me. It's only things on the show. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, just when I was strung out, somebody, yeah. my drug dealer called me and he said, Hey, uh, I know you like to fuck around with cameras. He's like, there's a porn going on here. I'm supplying the drugs and they need a cameraman. (laughs) So I was like, give me the address. And I went over and it was just this terrible thing. Yeah. It was just, I mean, just terrible. It was like this older woman and these younger guys. And, uh, but I got to name it. And I think I've probably shared this before, but the guy's name was country. And he was like wearing a, a cowboy hat and so I, my name for this is my country jizz on me uh, i mean the real uh, the real classy way to do it porno style would be to change it to cunt tree. oh, oh like right any way you can change out oh, cum oh, I, or i'm sure i did yeah yeah, yeah. god that's good is it on your imdb credits <laughs> oh shit well and and i was so uh drug like yeah. immersed that 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 uh i was messing around mostly with sepia tones yep. <laughs> so i had the sepia button on the whole time i'm like shoot this thing in reverse reverse dimensions or yeah. whatever yeah reverse ne- negative uh what do they call it negative I, yeah i don't know what that's yeah. called anyway, we're talking about but basically like when we got empowered when when apple was like hey everyone's a video editor now yeah. we were like oh fuck yeah sepia <laughs> fucking any any effect you could put swipes and all these things yeah. and we were like really kind of laying it on a little thick oh and i was doing it it was on the handheld camera oh nice it yes. was a feature so oh, sweet. Not, it was I'm, built I'm, in. I'm not even getting it clean to tape and then adding it later <laughs> <laughs> it's like built in yeah yeah it's like taking too much psilocybin then you know you can't go backwards yeah, I don't you know. Can't untake. I, don't, I can't relate to that one. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, I have a big, I have a kind of big story to share. Okay. Something that just happened, and, and kind of, it's an encapsulation of so much of what we've talked about, and then my father, and it's like this. It's, I have some really amazing <laughs> news. Here, 2013, I became obsessed with the book "Be Here Now," like mm-hmm. without even looking at it. Yeah. Just that something was called "Be Here Now." 
and I was kind of in the spiritual awakening phase of my thing. So I was like, I left the identity of the musician behind and I'm just kind of I'm just meditating. Looking to, I'm just looking to be here now. You got any books you can recommend? <laughs> <laughs> Do I ever? Yeah. So uh, I hear about this book and I'm like, well, I'll go rent it from the library. Because nice. I, was, I, I was taking the kids to the library. 2013 shit. Totally. Like almost every day. And then their mom ended up getting a job in the library. But um, I was looking for it everywhere. And it's like, you can't find this book. And it was like, oh, maybe it's in the Glendale Library a few, you know, 20 miles away. And it's not there either. And I know now because if you ever get a copy of this book, it's like a picture book almost. Yeah. And of course, that's not going to last in a fucking library. Right. People are going to be ripping it out. So I didn't find it that way. But then my father got it for me that year. It was my introduction, basically, to Ram Dass. Mm-hmm. And I really, I just thumbed through the book. It's, but it, it was, it was a little much for me even at that time yeah. to decipher. But yep. I, it, I felt cooler knowing about oh, it. Oh, sure. You know, it's got that weird kind of energy to it. And then this is a terrible comparison, but almost like the Bronner's bottle where you're like, I don't really understand what's happening yeah. here, <laughs> but I think this should be in my shower. Oh, totally. <laughs> and those two people are linked. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Ram Dass and, and Dr. Bronner. Um, so I finally, I'm just like, I'm going to listen to, I, I'm going to find some talks of his or yeah. something and something pops up on YouTube. So I watch this lecture and it just really changes my life. And the thing with why it changed my life and why I feel like he's such an important teacher and had been, and is, is because he, he grew up like, he grew up uh, wanting to accomplish just like the rest of us. He mm-hmm. grew up in this culture and he happened to be born into affluence. So he's born with a silver spoon in his mouth, mm-hmm. but then he, and he doesn't have to do much, but he accomplishes all this shit. He becomes a professor at Stanford and Harvard, a leading psychologist. And I wonder how much knowing you don't have to accomplish leads you to accomplish. Totally, dude. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's a good question yeah. for everyone to consider. He learned how to fly a plane. Mm-hmm. He's like in his, in his first 30 years and he's like this guy who's flying a plane back and forth between Harvard and Stanford. Right. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Flying himself, yep. driving, you know, fancy cars and just really being in the role. Mm-hmm. And he set out that way. And even if you didn't come from affluence, we're all kind of playing some role. Our parents told us you're going to be something or we went against right, it and we're right. like on the accomplishment thing. So him being immersed in that culture, same as us. Is there, sorry, is there a picture of him near? Oh, okay. I just want to, I want to glance at him every now oh, and then. Just perfect. To, oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh no, here, I'm going to get you. Hold on. Oh yeah. Jamie's got about 85 pictures of Ram Dass <laughs> in here. <It's> like, <laughs> do you have a Ram Dass lovey, like a little stuffy? Uh, oh, sweet. There we go. God, that guy. We'll was put the picture. Up. We'll great. Put, we'll, we'll put the picture up for the people. So he gets introduced to psychedelics and Tim Leary because they're uh-huh. sharing a, a office next door yeah, to it was each a other. Kismet situation. Totally. There, huh? And Leary had just taken his first psilocybin trip in Mexico because uh-huh. it wasn't even a thing here. Yeah, yeah. He had like been given it, didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And Leary had he said, "I learned more about the human mind in four hours than I have in all my studies." And nice. he's a big professor uh leary was and he was kind of known as being like a scrapper and a rascal a little bit challenging Mm -hmm. the norms this is before psychedelics even come in you know so he has this experience and then he comes and he takes a residency at harvard and they're next door like to each other their offices leary tells richard alpert ram das about this experience and they start a from 1960 to 1963 a sanctioned by harvard psychedelic experiment on uh, the upperclassmen mm-hmm. um, in controlled settings, basically the birth of psychedelic assisted therapy. Yeah. 
happened in those years. Swiftly after that, the death of psychedelic assisted therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then of course the reemergence, but yes, exactly. Yeah. And then everybody's just taking it and yeah. filling yeah. bathtubs with it. You yeah. Know? But these two guys ushered this in Amazing. along with Aldous Huxley. I mean, yep. the doors of perception taking mescaline, but nothing well, like it's, this. It's uh, I, I wonder brief sidebar, what it's like to experience psychedelics when you have a near genius mind. Right. Like when you have the ability to be a psychologist where you have the ability to think about the mind and the yeah. mind of others to go in with that. I mean, I, both I, of them I, said, I think Aldous Huxley's oh, trips must've right. been fucking extraordinary. And he took it into his death. I mean, yeah. he like, he was administered. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I think it was LSD and, yeah, and wrote a little and, note to his wife. It was yeah. like inject whatever micrograms. And yeah. Yeah. Until they did that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're, they're, they're doing this research and, and of course, like minds are being open and both of those great minds to your point or to your question, the psychedelic went like, ha, nah, mm. you don't know anything. Mm. It's humbling. Yeah. More just humbling, humbling. Yeah. more yeah. humbling than anything. Like the, what you can begin to decipher may be a speck of dust. Yeah. I guess because that's your thinking mind. That's your ego is saying totally. like, I know the human mind. Right. And, no, and this is you just don't. Like, like, right. Yeah. yeah good. Open okay, spaciousness. Good. Well, it's good to know that. that my level of stupidity probably behooves me in psychedelic <laughs> settings. <laughs> it's a great lineage. You're in. <laughs> so, and they also joked around about like, like they were making plans of how long it was going to take them to get enlightened. And they had mathematical equations mm-hmm. on a chalkboard of like doing this research. And they did over 300, trips or something like that each of them yeah and with other people and they're just in it and then they get fired or whatever and ramdas was still even though he had had his identity challenge he was richard alpert dr richard alpert at the time he had had it challenged but he wasn't a spiritual person he still was like masters and gods and all that's mm-hmm. so not my deal you know i'm not yeah. looking for that but he did want to take uh he wanted to take LSD to some of the great spiritual teachers. This would be a fun show for you and I. It was like taking psychedelics to gurus. Yeah, for sure. And seeing what happens to them if they take it. Yeah. You know, I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so, so he, he meets a great master in India and he's turned off by him and he gives him LSD and nothing happens, but the guy knows everything about Richard Alpert and he, and he just says all this stuff about him that only Richard Alpert knew about himself. And Richard Alpert goes, just blows away because like, how is this, this little man in a blanket, you mm-hmm. know, know everything about me, know that I was out under the stars last night thinking about my mother while I was taking a piss. Yeah. How did he know that? How did he know she died of spleen cancer? All this. He zaps him, changes him forever. He becomes Ramdas, basically the opposite of everyone that he had ever thought that he was going to be mm-hmm. in life. And so he writes Be Here Now and, and, and ushers in the teachings of his teacher, Maharaji, and, and, and with the psychedelic movement and him kind of not going with the psychedelic movement, now going like, hey, that's cute. We all did that for a while to see the potential, but now I'm out going to become the potential by, by spiritual practice. Oh, wow. Which is what you kind of keep beckoning towards yourself. Yeah. Like you keep going, keep like, going oh, back to drugs, though. <laughs> <laughs> Keep finding a way. So anyway, he becomes Ram Dass and he's a great lecturer and he becomes one of the great minds. And, and of, of course, but so now it's like this book has been out and, and, and my father gets it for me for Christmas in 2013. And I've listened to some lectures now and I'm having this deep connection with him because of all of that, what I just said, 
He has been on the accomplishment track. He has tried psychedelics. He's a, he's responsible for the counterculture. Yeah. And he's left all that behind to pursue him being okay with himself and the path of the heart and just merging with non-duality mm-hmm. as much as possible. And he becomes this great lecturer. At that time, that book kind of opens the door for me to go be the spiritual director of that center where I met Lacey. Mm-hmm. And then I'm kind of the Ram Dass of that place. And he's like this large inspiration in my life. Psychology, Buddhism, Hinduism, accomplishism, workaholism, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, and then I do ayahuasca and I completely get finally everything that he's talking about. It blows my life apart. And Ramdas has just been this person who's been this, the guiding light really of what you can be. Like I can, I can do what I'm doing. He's the largest inspiration of, of me being who I am today. Mm. If I were to draw it anywhere precisely, it's absolutely him. And Lacey finds him and then our relationship blossoms and she's just like falling deeper into like, this is my guy falling deeper and deeper into his teachings. This is it. And we moved to Ojai and the Ramdas, the be here now network moves to Ojai. Yeah. And we go to a, we were at the grocery store. We're at Westridge Market, and I see this woman wearing a shirt that has Maharaji on it. And I'm like, "Oh, I love Maharaji." And she goes, "Oh, really?" She's like, "You should come to the retreat." She's like, "It's this week." She invites us. She's the owner of that house that Hanuman Gardens. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that Hanuman Gardens. Joke. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah. It was Hanuman Gardens. Yeah. So we went to Hanuman Gardens to this retreat. I met Duncan and uh, Duncan Trussell and his wife and. And Raghu, who's Raghu's like his right hand man, Ramdas's, and he's still alive at this time, Ramdas. And it's just like, wow, look at this. They came to us kind of Yeah. You know? And it's all just happening. And uh and then Ramdas dies. And the day before he dies, Lacey is at this like old lady thrift store in town, not like the cool thrift stores in mm-hmm. Hawaii. And she finds two lockets of Maharaji, two fucking lockets on chains, and she's like what are these doing here? You know, and Ramdas dies a few hours later. Oh, geez. And it was like, she felt like she was being directly like taught to in the way that I have with yeah. Vic and all that, you know? So he dies and we get invited to the memorial. We go to the memorial at Hanuman Gardens and it's just amazing. It's, it's amazing. You know, I'm just going like, wow. And we're so like, now we're in, we're at the service for mm-hmm. the guy and we're still not tied in with the community. We're peripheral and we listen. Lacey listens to the Be Here Now talks all the time. They have a podcast, the Be Here Now Network. Here and Now is the one that she listens to, is all his lectures. And we're just like so, uh, you know, Ramdas is around the house and just a huge part of our lives. So recently with my dad and everything, you know, um, it's been so hard, you know. And um, last weekend on a day I finally got a rest. Um, um, my mom said, I just had this great visit with, um, with a mutual friend of ours. Came, went out to visit my mom named Katrina. She's like, yeah, you know, she's in, she lives in Ohio now. You know, she's like been there six months. This is somebody we've known for over a decade. She's like, yeah, she's dating some guy named Rag, Ragu or something. <laughs> and she's doing all the overdubs, the vocal overdubs for the Be Here Network Network. So whenever we listen to the podcast and it's like, welcome to the Be, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's Katrina. We oh haven't even God, known it's it. amazing. And I talked to Katrina and she's like, yeah, we're having a kirtan 
at Ragu's and he's going to sing. And he's Ragu is Ram Dass's right hand man. Oh, and wow. he's now the head of the nonprofit. White guy, right? Yeah, he's a white guy. Yeah. Name is a kind of looks like me actually. Like he has like gray hair that kind of stands up and a okay. little beard. And and um, by this point, it's like what I can't even believe this, you know. And my dad's in what he's been in, and and he's been getting better and uh, rehabbing. And we're kind of like looking forward to this week. I, I went to Meditation Mount. I recorded a podcast there, and that was the place that I went originally that that sealed the deal for me to move to Ohio. Mm-hmm. And now I'm recording this sound bath in this place and it's just the sound bath person and me in this auditorium and it's just the things are all happening they're yeah. all happening and i've done only meditating and challenging like what you said i wonder how many things we'd get if we i forget exactly how you said it but like if we give up the notions of getting like how much would we receive yeah something like that and this is what's <clears throat> being demonstrated and so the day before the, 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 the Kirtan at Ragu's house, which I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know who's going to be there, anything like that. Um, I'm at a thing with an art thing with the, with the kids and Lacey. And I, I get a call from my dad, but I just got to the thing and I'm kind of like, I just sat down and be like a trek to be able to get out of this situation. And so I'm just like, Oh, I'll call him back. And, from what I know, he's in a long stay rehab, yeah. basically to get better physically, and and you know he he can I'll call him back. Yeah, he ain't running off. <laughs> yeah, so Facetime he Facetimes me immediately afterwards. I'm like, okay, well, this is something. So I yeah. go I go outside, and it's my my stepmom and my dad, and they're smiling. My dad's smiling so big, and he goes, he goes, hey, we're surprising you. He's like. Look where we are. And I was like, are you home? And he's like, no, we're at the Ritz Carlton. <laughs> I got cleared to be released. Oh my God. Amazing. Because this man could not be fucking stopped. And he, he, what they figured would going to take weeks. Yeah. He was running circles around him. Oh man. That's great. He got better. And he's just like, I want to fucking live. And he looks young and he's just like beaming and I'm crying. Dude. Yeah. I'm crying getting this message beforehand, you know, before this, this weekend, it's like the meditation mount thing happened. Now my dad's better. I'm at this art thing. And then, and then tomorrow's Kirtan. And I'm just like, wow. And I go, I go to the Kirtan. We show up at Ragu's house and here's a little bit of curb your enthusiasm, spiritual mm-hmm. shit. This is really funny. So as we all know, I've started to eat meat again and we got to Ragu's house a little early. You know, it's like me, Tiger, and Lacey. And we're sitting in the car like kids. Yeah. You know, sort yeah. of like, uh, I don't want to go in first. I don't want, you know. And I have this, I haven't eaten all morning, so I have this turkey stick. Fucking grass-fed up the wazoo. Yep. mean turkey stick. And uh, and I'm starting to eat the, the turkey stick, but I realize that this is a room full of vegetarians. And... Like the whole lineage is, is a, even though it's not a lineage, but Maharaji, it's all vegetarian. And I'm in the car eating this and the, and Lacey and Tiger going, 
dude, that turkey stick is strong. It's, <laughs> so it's smelling up the car and I'm going, oh hot, God. Hot boxing with a turkey stick. <laughs> and now I'm going to be the guy going into the thing that I've waited for yeah. with turkey that on his breath and he's so going to fuck it all up I or something. And then, of course, you want to like, you know, chew gum, but then Tiger's like, no, then it's going to yeah, make some weird yeah. turkey hybrid. <laughs> so I'm just trusting. Yeah. And that morning before we even got into the car, I, in my meditation, when I was rounding the corner on all the teachers in my mind praying, yeah. when I got to Maharaji and Ramdas, I'm not even kidding. Like the, the 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 sentences in my mind of like like who I picture when I'm praying. You know, I, I give tribute to like the Buddha, all these Buddhists, Christ, and and all the Hindu and uh, you know, and so many teachers that have meant so much to me. I'll go around, and when I got to Maharaji the morning of. It was like um, I hit a force field of like awe. Mm. I, my my jaw dropped. I couldn't say the name, and I was in this like intense field. Wow! In the meditation, that was like I've never had anything like that exactly happen. Where it's like Yogananda, yet here, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Mahavatar Babaji Present. here, yeah, and then you get um, <laughs> I got to Maharaji and Ramdas, and uh, I just was in this drop. And it was like, I heard the voice say, I'm filling you with me. So that's all they see when you go to this. Wow. And it was like, whoa. And I couldn't wait to tell Lacey. But then you you want to tell even my partner who's really spiritually inclined, their reaction. But you decided to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> no, but their reaction will always disappoint you sure, because sure. They, nobody can know. And so yeah, I'm kind yeah, of reluctant. Of so anyway, we get it to like the saying, It's like sharing a psychedelic trip with somebody. That's right. Like, yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. That. So we get to, we were walking in and here it is. And there's, there's going to be, it's going to be very small. There's yeah. like maybe 12 people. Mm-hmm. And these are like some of the legends that I've seen surrounding Ram Dass and in this particular group, a few of them in there. And Maharaji was kind of like this grumpy old man. Yes. That beamed unconditional love. Mm-hmm. People couldn't help but feel unconditional love and but at the same time it was coming in this form that usually yelled at them or tell them to go i love it i know totally (laughs) it's so perfect (laughs) that's yeah he's so your dude and so and ragu has this thing of like and everybody talks about it openly around him of sort of like you kind of wait for him to open up to you yeah and i happen to be at one point here i'm I'm sitting at the guy's house yeah turkey on your breath yeah <laughs> and Tiger's there and Lacey and it's just this lovely small gathering and and I find myself sitting next to Ragu and I it's we're not speaking and we're just sitting next to each other outdoors with everybody else. He starts conversation with me and the small talk of, you know, living here or whatever. And, yep. and uh I wanna say that that whenever I thought about my father getting better, the image that I had in my mind throughout this whole period of his Thing was was he and I playing catch? Mm. Is that was, something that happened a couple of years ago? Oh, Father's yeah. Day, yeah, I think classic. Uh, yeah, we played catch on the, and I hadn't done it with him in a long time, and I was like, it was insane the feeling. Oh, the cats in the cradle, totally, <laughs> just so insanely like wow, yeah, you know. And whenever I saw Field of Dreams, yeah, and that's like ultimately a, a scene in the movie that happens, you know, catch between a father and son. And so I, that's the image I've had. I even looked at these pictures of my father and I, somebody, Lacey probably took pictures of us playing catch. 
And so I'm sitting with Raghu and he goes, he's like, oh, I just remembered a dream I had about Ramdas last night. And I was like, do you normally, how many dreams have you had since he passed? He's like, only once. There's nobody around. Nobody else is hearing this. It's just he and I. But, I mean, the, people are around, but they're not in our conversation at yeah. all. And we're keeping it quiet. And he goes, it's the strangest thing. We were playing catch. Whoa. He goes, Ram Dass didn't like baseball. He didn't <laughs> yeah, like sports. He like a catch guy, yeah. He's like, I like sports, but I don't like baseball yeah. at all. Yeah. I like basketball. And I said, well, what were you guys throwing? He goes, because I was thinking it was a basketball. He's like, no, it was a baseball. Yeah. And immediately, I'm just like, this is all, <laughs> I, I can't even believe. And I, the, just hearing this man remember a dream about this important person who he's so directly linked to. Yes. He's like, the, yes. He's the, he's this, uh, the surviving runner of, of this. Yeah have this realization and to be there for that. Then we go in the garage and he leads Kirtan. Raghu does. And I'm sitting and it's just a few of us. And I'm singing these chants, looking at this picture of Maharaji who looks exactly like my father, uh-huh. who has this, the morning of I, this morning, the morning before the Kirtan, I, I was a, a bummed out because I have like a tiny red bump on the end of my nose. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh, why today do I have to? I wonder if people are going to stare at this thing. You know, whatever, tiny. And then I don't think about it. Yeah. I get to the thing and I'm sitting in front of this picture of Maharaji that looks exactly like my father. And there's this, he, he has a bunch of red bumps on his, the tip of his nose. <laughs> Nobody's fucking worried about it. And I'm just immersed in this full circle experience. My father's there. Rondas is there. Fucking I'm there. Lacey's there. It's intimate, it's small, and and it feels like a beginning. But it also feels like... I mean, it's wild when a synchronicity... Well, I guess you you kind of... You make note of all synchronicities, but I'm hearing, you know, particularly in this one of, wow, look at all these things coinciding in a way that shows how magical life is, how maybe things are predestined, or whether they're... If they're not predestined, that they're they're significant, and all these kind of ways that it's kind of reaffirming it's like refilling your tank of 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 awe you know more than filling my tank with awe it confirms the tank of awe that i have right right you know it just only confirms it and this was a thing of like you know i talked about a few episodes ago about shifting that thing of like i'm not looking for the invite in the world anymore i'm inviting people to me you know and and this from in that state of consciousness has rapidly created moments like these yes you know yeah and it's funny too because i almost cheated yesterday because while he's singing kirtan it's just like this is the moment in the movie and i'm going like my phone's right there do i video this <laughs> i'm going no yeah he's gotta not say, you gotta video. get a bro gopro on your forehead <laughs> <laughs> totally. but not videoing it is the way i got there yeah by going like you belong here you're important and you don't need to film this because people would believe you. Mm-hmm. You don't need to prove it to anybody. Be here now. Exactly. Yes, dude. I mean, that's, that's really incredible, and I'm glad that you had that experience. And especially in contrast to like you know what kind of your past few weeks have been. And I think that that's 
always like an amazing thing to kind of be in a you know a, something of a rut and then to have something like really spike you out and be You've like been man held all along yeah it's fucking incredible yeah. i'm so glad to hear that yeah yeah and then i i go and visit with my dad yesterday and he's at home he looks amazing he looks so young and he goes I have to tell you what happened to us today because you're going to be excited more than anybody else I know. And he's like, it's a great story. And I was like, tell me. And he goes, well, we were at the hotel leaving. And um, he said, Sherry was you know, going to wheel me out in a wheelchair, so we needed the help of a bellhop. And my dad's in a neck brace, you know, still. But uh, he goes, the bellhop showed up and he was in a neck brace. <laughs> And I was thinking, how how many times have I seen that? Oh yeah, exactly. Bellhop in a neck brace. I can tell you every time I've ever seen anyone in a neck brace, <laughs> bellhop or not, because it is like this poor fucking individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it would be enough that just that. Yeah. And I thought that that was kind of it. Yeah. And he goes, Jamie, and he's like eyes wide open, going, hold on. I was like, wait a minute, he's getting the same surgery, the same rare <laughs> surgery. He goes, yes. And I was, I'm yelling, and he goes. Jamie with the same doctor. Oh, there it is, folks. <laughs> Welcome to Mystical Cynical. Heavy on the mystical, light on the cynical. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my God. So that so that, you know, and and that linked with the play of the game of catch uh-huh. between Ram Das and Ragu that morning and him having no correlative of why they would be playing catch. Sure. And all of this in one day. It's all thanks to Wayne. It's illustrating humanity, folks. This is an aspect. This is a thing. As much as other things can be proven, this is a thing. I just leaned in and kind of... Yeah, you know, this is a serious whisper part. It's a serious whisper part. This is your reality. Yeah, get your fucking shit together, everybody. Do it. Do it. When when this is over, do something towards this. Challenge who you think you are. Take a naked photo of yourself. (laughs) Put it on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so that's where it's amazing glad to hear it let's uh let's keep rolling with this good energy of insight and uh noticing all the magical things in the world and um be here now folks i love you i love you Mm -hmm.